do we have an episode for you guys today? I actually had a very special interview with Mystic Michaela, who is an aura reader, an empathic medium, and empowering people to live authentically. Her podcast is Know Your Aura Pod. So I went on her pod, and I was like, the little devils have to hear this because you guys know I've been in the dark. I wasn't able to speak on a lot of things of stuff that went down the last couple months, and I needed someone to read my shit. I needed her to read me up and down and tell me what the hell is going on in my mind. So Michaela very nicely did that. And I figured this could be beneficial. Hopefully stuff that I'm struggling with either you guys can learn from or relate to or just be like, oh, that's an interesting aura reading. I've never had my aura read, but I learned a lot today. And um, I'd like to share it with you all. So Enjoy and hit up Mystic Michaela if you want to get your aura read as well. So let's jump in. <laughs> Welcome to Burning Hey, Hannah. Thank you for having me, Michaela. It's an honor to be a part of your spiritual family. Oh my gosh, you are. You are. <laughs> you know what's okay? So. How I found out about you, because I have to confess, I don't watch Summer House, even though everyone's like, please do aura readings on everything that's going on, and I'm probably going to watch it, you know? So I knew about you through one, Girls Gotta Eat, because you were on there, and I thought you were so entertaining and funny. And then so many people were sending me this tweet that you wrote. Um, they said, like, I got this so many times in my DMs. It was this one. I act pretty confident for someone who gets crippling anxiety every time I have to interact with anything that isn't a cat or a dog. <laughs> That's literally me in every sense of the word. During quarantine, I started volunteering at this animal shelter. And by volunteering, I mean, I was socializing the cats. And I was like, this is just helping me more than anything. Um, so I love animals is more of my story so do you know your aura no I mean you all I know is what you've told me but like even the little bit you told me was eye-opening so you when I got that tweet I was like okay I gotta check her out a little further so I was looking at you and you're very layered so it's interesting so you definitely have that indigo blue thing going on, which we've started calling over here blue to go. And I know it's like kind of cheesy because it's like you feel other people's feelings. It's your own, you know, like that. And I feel like that gets overused a lot, like out in culture and whatnot. But with you, the way I see it is like you really do take in a lot of stuff and then alter your humor or your behavior, like just how you work. I feel like you all, you try to be more relatable because of it. Like it's almost like you take it in and then filter it and then give it back to us in a way that is digestible or has been explained humorously. Does wow. that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I've always been really weird with socializing where when I'm out, I'm like the clown of the party love in every I want every interaction to be like as good as possible I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure everyone's having like a lot of fun and then I'm exhausted and then I like go home and I like turn off turn the lights off cuddle with my cat and I like need that recharging time but I never really understood why and you're right 
and I feel like now people joke about like that girl who said she's an empath, like I'm intuitive, I'm better than you. And a part of me was like, when I heard what an empath was, especially because I've had a lot of relationships with narcissists, oh, yeah. I started to be like, wait, I, I hate that girl who's like, I'm intuitive, you're hungry, it's lunchtime. But I like really do feel like sometimes like I need to take a shower after like a big social event. Yes. Everything you just said is so blue to go. Like it's true because people who truly are the empaths, like I feel like we try to highlight on here. It's that you don't say this stuff to other people. You know what I mean? Like you don't go around like, whoa, that like hurt my feelings. Like three days later, you're like, holy crap. Like I had to process that. Like this was, this altered me. This changed me. I need to isolate to try to know who I am again. Um, oh my God. That's I mean, how it really so- is. What's funny about me going on a reality show is I'm actually so bad with confrontation. Yes. We have like, to talk about that. Horrible. Yeah. And I grew up in a family and a lot of friendships were like, there actually wasn't a lot of fighting. It was either I was like, okay, I deserve that. Or I was like, how do we just get out of this situation in the most pleasant way? Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of yelling growing up. I was like fortunate in that, but it's like I dealt with my own anxiety. Sure. Um, so when I went on a show, it's so funny. The first season, I remember some girl was like saying that I wasn't feminine enough. Okay. And I remember at first being like, okay, that's weird, but like, I don't care. And then producers were kind of like, that has to upset you. And I'm like, um, I don't want to start shit with her. And finally they were like, you have to address her. And I was like, so nervous. And I also was like, I'm not really mad at her. Like it's her own stuff. Like it's not about me. Right. But I remember being like, okay, I'm upset that you have been kind of saying stuff like that about me. And she turned to me and she was like, why didn't you tell me that immediately when it happened? And I ended up like apologizing to her. And I just remember thinking like, that was the most horrible experience. And I don't know how I'm going to survive this, but I'm going to try to find like humor in it. But um, my biggest fear ever was going on a reality show and being misunderstood. Yes. But when I first went on, I felt like, people were understanding me and I was like, oh my God, I can show that women could be like sporty, but sexy and like smart, but goofy and stupid at the same time. Like women could be so complex. You could be an entrepreneur, but also lazy. Like I like to show all these sides that I feel like I can, I, for whatever reason, have been given this strength to just like show myself to people and make people feel less alone but then like my last season I felt like very misunderstood with what was going on and it just like tore me apart that's hard you know it's hard when you feel other people's interpretations of what went on it's like you know what they're all thinking you even know their logic behind how they're seeing it and thinking it you're not in control of the edit you know you're not in control of like a lot of different ways that they're seeing it or your intentions and so it, like, you're like, listen, I see how you could see that way, but my intentions were this. And that's really sad and because depra- your whole thing is how other people's feelings are in- interpreting you and you can sense it. So it's like you're sensing you plus them and it's hard, you know, it's hard. So I, no. I don't like as, and that was actually one of my questions because you're purple too, like you're purple and blue to go. And so purple people, it's kind of like we were talking about like, all right, I want the energy in the room to be cool. I want everyone to have a fun time. And also purple people can handle a spotlight a little more. But that was one of my questions. Like, how the heck do you do like stand up? How do you do? Because you do stand up comedy, right? Like yep. you, how do you do 
public eye? How do you do like, yeah, like a reality show where you're not in control of the edit? Like, how do you, how, how's the aftermath of all this for you? What does that look like? For some reason in my life, like I'll find things that scare me and I have terrible anxiety, but I'll like, I don't know if it's a self-hate thing, but (laughs) like just masochism or just like the athlete mentality of like, Mm. it's hard. You just need to push through because others won't. Um, like I played tennis for a long time yeah. when it wasn't really making me happy, but I was good at it. And then reality TV, I was like, this is my biggest fear, but I know that there's like so many positives that could be had. Mm-hmm. And like, I ended up getting a ton of the positives, but then like ended mm-hmm. with like a big negative. Cause I don't know if it's a, a blue to go thing, but when I leave places, I burn that shit down. Like it's not, <laughs> that's a purple bomb. You probably, and I didn't watch it. Okay. But you might have subconsciously been really fucking over it and what you did where you were like you know what I'm gonna make sure I'm I like I do burn the place down yeah and then like we're just gonna be done so I once I'm done with something Mm -hmm. I can't fake it yeah like I can't it's like with relationships like with a guy like I can lie to myself but then the second whatever ticks I'm like I need to be out yesterday like I I need to call him right that moment right Um, but with stand-up it's funny because I, for whatever reason, have the balls to talk in front of people. So I kind of feel like I want to say the things that people, like a female locker room that women are afraid to say, whether it's talking about like farting and yeah. like embarrassing. And I want to show that women can be still be attractive and sexy while still being disgusting and open. And like, I just, I hate when people put women into such boxes mm. and I want to embrace the complexities of people and find the confidence in like your authentic self, not being like just the what beauty what beauty means stereotypically so in front of people I feel like I've enjoyed stand-up because a lot of stand-up is like ability it's not a speech it's a dance between two people so it's like I need to understand the mood of the room what they're feeling what they want and be like it's a lot of of empathy yeah you know like what's what don't they like what do they like and then calling out like everything in the room even if I say a joke that made people uncomfortable being like okay we're getting boundaries that was a little little tight I made a joke about cutting off balls okay the guys in the room I apologize so like I guess I've been able to take advantage of my the one the one thing that I think people didn't understand at the end of summer house which I don't care when people call me ugly or stupid or not funny. Mm-hmm. It was that I understand how it looked and I yes. understand there's how they feel. And yeah. I'm like, and that's so hard for me. Yeah. But what I want people to understand is like, even though I come off tough and strong and people think they could say anything to me, especially the cast members, I'm highly sensitive. Yeah. Like yeah. deeply sensitive. And I don't forget things that people do. I don't forget energies that people give me. And something you nailed is like, I don't know how to fake stuff. No. Yeah. That's interesting because it's like you chase authenticity. Honesty. So I think that's where I really love it. I, I feel like with you, like everything you just said, it seems like you seek out places to do the Phoenix rising from the ashes thing. Like, it's like, let's just, yeah, like reinvent myself in, in, in a lot of like high pressure situations. Another thing with you, and I told you this, like when we were DMing, um, 
you have like this like psychic or armor color. It's like a, a red and it's like inauthentic, but sometimes people are like, does that mean I'm fake? Like, no, it feels like to me, like a protection that you'll mm-hmm. put on. And I mm-hmm. wonder if you wear that when you go into these like highly volatile or like could go either way situations, but man, you level up. And it seems like that's what's happening to you now. You're like, even though this kind of crashed and burned or whatever it, it, you're, you're saying, it feels like, but you're going to come out of it. And, and what's going to happen is you're not attached to that anymore. So it's going to be all you. And maybe you like it that way. Maybe you like it to be like, you know what? I, I have to define, carve my own path, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. No, 100%. Because, I mean, I was a tennis player, which yeah. is a very, like, solo activity. Yes. Stand up is very solo. And I've been in organizations that, like, I'm in and it goes well. And then towards the end, like, sometimes a group mentality mm-hmm. I don't vibe with. Um, and then <laughs> the place gets burned down. But That's I funny. also feel like I I was able to put my like smile on mm-hmm. for a while. And then it, it broke in this last season where I couldn't um, fake knowing like how like people's actual motives towards me. It's hard when you can feel people's intentions, but they're saying something different. Then you yep. know what they're intending. And that's why when you talk about being in past relationships that were like narcissistic relationships or whatever, like with narcissists, that's the thing. Like we can give people, um, like people like you can give people passes because you know if they do something, but it's really about their their childhood trauma or that's like mm-hmm. super not about you. But what you're saying is like people were coming at you and it was truly about you. Like it was, it was, they wanted to take you out or down or who knows. I didn't watch it. Like I said, it's just, it seems like from what you're saying, you felt their feelings coming at you. And that that is hurtful because how do you, and you know, I know it's just for like a show, you know, and and I, and I get that, but I can see like you on the other side of it now, it it probably feels very isolating or islandy a little bit. Well, the show was before, like, we hang out during the week in the city, we work hard, and we go and party on the weekends, and we film the weekends, but this is the first time we were stuck in a house for six weeks, and I also was, like, falling in love with someone at the time, long distance, so I was, like, I definitely was missing him, and then I was feeling, um, slowly feeling, like, isolated, where I didn't know the why until I watched it six months later of like what the narrative they were spinning about me. Wow, that's really And I hard. remember thinking, this can't be a bad season because I'm not saying anything bad about anyone and everyone's just talking bad about me. But then I realized that's the perfect um, recipe to make someone look a type of way because you can't show your side yeah and you just fill in the blanks when people are willing to say bad things about you wow that are very general like not like hannah did this it's right. like hannah a, is a, this type of person talk, hannah talk shit or like hannah's a bad friend like just very general things and um those things towards your character on a national scale are like hurtful but um my current thing that i'm working on is after this like bad experience I had where there were so many positives in it. Yeah. Like, am I going to be able to recreate that again? Am I going to be able to find that again? And like, cause there's a lot of, even though it's reality TV is very toxic. It's a drug of like fame and money. So like to be just like done with that. And then you're kind of like reevaluating your whole situation and having, I'm working on trying to trust the universe that things not meant for me are gone and that things that are meant for me will come towards me. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that's how it works. Like when you're done with something, like you said, like 
you have to make sure you can't go back to it, you know, because maybe that would have been a crutch or something. The universe was like, you are not touching that <laughs> yeah. again. Because so I would have stayed, stayed yeah. and tortured myself. Yeah, and you wouldn't have grown. You know, now you're growing into what's next for you. Um, let's talk about like the, the professional athlete thing is always really interesting to me because like with the red that you wear, I do see that on military, like ex-military people and I'll see it on, yeah, like people who trained like at a level that most people can't understand. Was that, yeah. And, and just what it takes from a very young age to like have that kind of dedication and daily commitment and, and, and what it does, like, I guess like on a physical level, like that doesn't hurt, push through it or you're not tired, keep going. And what does that do with feelings? Like as, as a metaphor, you nailed it because when I'm, I'm like back in therapy, which is great. <laughs> it is. It so always is. <laughs> when you're an athlete, you have to mute your own voice. When you say, I'm nervous, I'm scared, I'm tired, I'm sore, that's all weakness. So when your coach is like, are you ready? You, I have that red thing where I'm, I'm a people pleaser and I'm just like, I've never felt better. Yeah. I am ready to go. When in my head I have a, the anxiety eventually comes out and it shows, but I can like act like I'm ready. And then I, I feel like I lacked some of the self, the self soothing practices of like, because there's no empathy in sports. It's like, you need to be a soldier. Um, and I think comedy has been great because it's just for me. It's not for anyone. You don't leave with like a win or a loss. It's like a form of expression and creativity, which is where like, I find my joy. I think that's fascinating. Um, Just like on that micro level of how you can take that same, I guess, like push or surge or creative energy and put it towards something that it's about you. And, and why did you stop the tennis? Like, was it some, like you said you were unhappy with it, but over time, was it, was it just kind of like a culmination? Was it just too much pressure? Like what, what was it with you that made you kind of just, "Eh, I'm done. So I was actually suffering from like severe performance anxiety. Wow. Okay. But I was still like winning. Because <laughs> wow. I would it's called like winning ugly, where when I was on the court, I would freeze. I would they call it the yips. Like I would like lose my serve. I would lose my forehand. But in practice, I would be great. And it was I just felt like I was battling my demons all the time, yeah. but I I became obsessed with it. Like, how do I overcome these demons? Um, but I was able to still do pretty well. And when I almost wish that I had a losing streak or got injured to stop and be like, this isn't something that's wrong with you. Yeah. This is like mental health stuff wow. that you need to work on. Um, I just felt like every day was judgment day. Like if I won, okay. But if mm-hmm. I lost, it was like bad depression. Yeah. It's external. But like all your approval was external. Yes. And it, it, I forgot like about loving the sport. And I had some coaches that, you know, weren't, great to me and I I was changing things in my game and I wasn't believing in it so I just kind of became this like this ball of anxiety but I was still performing at a very I was playing number one for Wisconsin and I would lose my forehand all the time yeah but I would find ways to overcome it and still win but like at 22 I remember being like I actually got hit by a car in college okay and I was I was fine it was like a bad muscle contusion and I ended up, it was right towards like a big tournament at the end of my career that I felt like if I did really well, it was like, okay, you're meant to go pro. But I ended up losing a bunch of matches by like barely a point or two, like five matches wow. within like a couple points. Oof. And I was like, 
this is a sign. Yeah. This isn't making you happy. And you're too fucked up with these bad habits in your head. Like if it's meant to be, maybe come back to it. And then I did sales, which is a similar pattern. Yeah, that like, red. Yeah. You're following you're following that inauthentic red thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where again, I did I was doing so well. Yeah, I'm sure. Miserable. I would cry in the bathroom. I was making so much money for my first job. Oh, I'm sure. You're you're cause, I, yeah, because you're blue to go, so people like you. You know, you're genuine. So people are like, oh, sell me something. I believe you, you know. I'd be like, yeah. Jokes. But I also as someone who like takes in so many emotions, yeah. I was like, this is no. Sensory overload for me. Yeah. So I went into marketing and I got bored because it okay. was just like the opposite. It's like a little and organized. Then, yeah, too. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't using my creative juices mm-hmm. and I wasn't making enough change or affecting the world. And then I said, I want to get into video. And that's when my manifestation started to come together real quick. Okay. I was on TV within two years. I was became a comedy video producer, making funny small videos. I started writing jokes. And then it's been like, this crazy fast explosion of entertainment um and then this was my first big kind of punch in the face in the entertainment industry i mean it's probably like probably looking back in 10 20 years you'll be like oh yeah that was just part of it like obvious like that but it's i always say like with manifesting and how the universe when you align when you're when you know you're on track it does it happens so quick and it's not that it's hard work it's still hard work it's just sometimes the struggle is less to like get it so it's kind of like it It comes to you yeah it felt like the struggle was purposeful yeah struggle yeah. was familiar yes. that like it was I didn't get that like sick in your stomach feeling mm-hmm. or like out of body experience it was very authentic to me and um it's crazy though because during the darkest year I actually feel like I was my most authentic on reality tv in terms of like when I was upset I was upset yeah and then when you give so many emotions it's easily manipulated oh yeah but during that time when I was being like crazy authentic, full of emotion was when I met the love of my life. I was just going to say that. Is that when you met? Yeah. Cause you're engaged now, right? Yeah. And I do know in the past, I definitely must've had that red around my neck because with most guys, I could just kind of convince them that I'm like sporty, likable, chill, which is (laughs) so much more complex than that. You're not going to find your soulmate being like, chill, sporty girl. I, and when I I do a lot of readings, you know, and so when, just like you're saying, I'll get somebody and I'll be like, listen, you're kind of wearing an inauthentic color, which means it's hard to date because they're meeting, not the right you. And so one, you're, you're bringing in the wrong people, um, because like, you're just going to attract what you are, you know? So, and then two, three dates later when you're like, Hey, I have emotions and I'm really have, I like cats (laughs) and astrology. Yeah. And I like to sleep a lot. And then they're like, Oh who are you? And, and it's just, it doesn't work. And then it's just like a pattern, you know, that that can form and you gotta get messy. You gotta get messy to meet the right person, which just sounds like what happened. I was, I was crying all the time and I, I'm not a big crier either, but it's like he saw this like really vulnerable side to me that he connected with. But it's funny because in the past I was going for all these emotion available guys or guys that I like wanted to seek their approval, yeah. kind of like a tennis player. External, right. Trying to, exactly, trying yeah. to get their coach to win over their coach to be proud of them. Wow. That's, that's deep. That you could like, 
articulate that and grasp it and then like see it as a, like that's huge a lot of people are in the midst of it but they can't like put words to it you know so oh yeah I for sure I mean I was in these like weird situationships guys being like <laughs> I'm not gonna have sex with you but like I really like you and I'm like okay well this is a sport let's play it yeah <laughs> like yeah, that's just weird control things who are things. they like what oh, <laughs> It was it was actually on the show and like that got kind of twisted too to make me look like I was just like making the relationship up in my head. Well, I like um, that too. Like when you were talking about how you want to uh, kind of reframe what feminism is, you know, and reframe oh, what a girl yeah. is. Of course, they're, it's just too easy to, you know, edit that into she's psycho or just like insecure or like who knows what. I'm sure that that was the tone. Well, it's funny because at first... My my previous season, that was a great season for me. I was kind of playing the, like, I'm a cool girl. I just want to have sex with this male model. And everyone kind of loved it. Yeah. And then the next season, I was like, you hurt me, and that's not okay. Mm. Um, I don't like how this guy's talking to me, and I'm going to stand up to him. Um, people obviously didn't see the things that were said. <laughs> that made me so upset. Right. And then I met the love of my life. <sighs> and people were like... Hannah's the worst. Let's, I have to look at it. Can I read his aura? Is that okay? I would love you to read his aura. Okay, his name's Des, right? Yep, Desmond. I see him. All right, so when I look at his picture, I see green and blue, which I think is, but he's so, he's like, when I look at him, he's got such a big heart. So that's like the blue. So it's in there, but he's also like you, like I get this need for authenticity and this need to like laugh at things that, it's kind of like, you can either cry or laugh. And I feel like you guys both have that thing. Like we could cry about it, but let's laugh about it. And it's kind of like this dark sense of humor, this cool, you know, I have that too. So I get it. The like first time, The first time we met, I was like annoyed with my dad because it was my first date in six months. And right. my dad was like, I'm changing my tea time. We have to leave half an hour early for my golf. And I'm like, dad, I'm trying to make the love of my life. And you was, like, I've been alone for six months. I don't have my hair ready. And he's like, I'm leaving. Car's leaving now. And I got so mad at him. And I'm like about to meet Des for the first time. And I'm pissed off. And I get in the car. And most of the time, that's when you put on the red. Like, hey, and so, yeah. <laughs> but instead, I was like, my dad is being such a dick right now. And he turns to me and he goes, at least your dad's alive. Oh, my God. That's so sad. <laughs> but, but like, funny. start yes. crying, laughing. And from that moment, I was like, this person's special. And I used to go for guys who were different than me because I thought I needed, like, a calming energy mm-hmm. or, like, someone who was just like really different from me and like shy. Yeah. But we have this intense relationship because we're very similar. Yeah. So we get each other. We're hard on each other sometimes, but it's because we, we don't bullshit each other because we kind of, yeah, we're very similar. He seems very smart too, you know, and, and you are smart, but like the way that he's smart is kind of like quick observational, like, um, and also like he can take a little thing that somebody does and break it down into like probably some like life altering, like psychological, like I he just figured it out. Mind works, And I used to have a big guard up where I would find guys who I didn't respect how their mind works and just be like, he's hot. I'm having fun. I'm just like so cool. And with Des, like he speaks all these languages. He cares about history. And I'm like, I'm like the like not book smart one. I'm the street smart. So I'll sit with him and I'll just be like, so what happened in World War II? (laughs) And he's like, so, and like 20 minutes later, you're like, okay, that was good. He's like, oh no, that's part one. (laughs) We're going to keep going. 
like he fascinates me how his brain works and i like that he's smarter than me he well he's green green people tend to be just more intellectual or they care more about like facts or research based kind of things it. yeah whereas you he's being more hilarious that i don't know things well, i'm like no i don't know you grasp it <laughs> i could i don't have room in my brain for that i'm busy worrying about stupid stuff it's harder to kind of, like you're more like the uh, overall grasping vibe yeah. catcher, and he's like, Ooh, yes. let's just dig." And you're like, "Like you said, I don't. I'm the same like, way." I so don't I get do it. trivia nights. <laughs> oh, I don't do it. No, I can't. I can't. Yeah, you're right. And I wonder. I feel like because our brains as more um purple, and then like the well, you're blue to go. I'm I'm similar. Like I feel like our brains are too occupied with what is that? What's going on with that couple over there? Or or is she yes. okay? And that's or, yeah. Tennis, like I would be on the court and I would literally be like, okay, what is that person thinking over there? Why did that person leave? How is that ref like not focusing on this? I had a bazillion thoughts going on in my head that were like not beneficial. Yeah. That's why they say dumb jocks are good. Like it's not about being stupid. It's about your mind being quiet so you can really perform. Where in comedy, when I'm on stage, I'm doing my joke while observing these people eating this mozzarella like burrata that I'm about to make a joke about. And then, cause those people over there are going to like it. Like I'm the ADD and the overanalyzing is like what fuels my creativity. Yes. With stand-up. It reminds me like what, what's going on with uh, Naomi Osaka. Like when the, she wouldn't do the press, I was like, well, of course she, cause she's indigo. She's indigo too. So it's like, you can't, how can she think about what she was going to say to them and then play a good game? You know, it's too much going on in her head. I don't know. Did you relate mm-hmm. to her when all that was going down? I definitely related to her, but it's interesting because I feel like so many players oh, sure. relate to her. Yeah. And I, I do, it's, it comes to a point where it's like, you have to, the press is so good for the game, but I think there has to be some like, do the press conferences have to be an hour? Yeah. Do, do they have to be all these different languages? Like, can we find it a way that the players get what they want and the press get what they want? And you don't feel like you're kind of a... like cattle it's very voyeuristic the sport is very much like we want to catch you we want to see you upset we want your emotion right after the match let's look at you reality tv stuff and sports is reality tv for people but um it's 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 hard because women you in the sport of tennis used to do anything to get press to make Mm. women's tennis be respected okay so it's like a hard time where now it's like naomi doesn't want it but i feel like there's an in-between that can be a safe space while also getting the information you need um, but she is just great to start new conversations about like exactly. the sport evolving and times changing. Yeah. But it's so interesting what you're saying about your voice, like, especially as when you're doing comedy, like moving around the room, I've never done stand up at all. But like when I, I used to be a teacher and so that is, it's, we, it's hard for people to understand that there's like six different voices in my head sometimes while I'm talking. And I yeah. knew I've never like actually articulated. You just did it. And I was like, yeah, I used to be like that too. Like, what's this kid going over here? Like you just jump yeah. around the room a little bit while you you're talking. Pocket, like, okay, I need to make this person laugh over there because their hands are crossed and I don't like that. But I also am loving this crowd over there. And like, I'm going to make fun of that guy's hat. And like, you just have like this energy, but overall it's like, you feel free to express yourself. And I think that's my biggest thing also with reality TV is like, I can't say all my truth. Yeah. And that's been eating away at me because I have podcasts, I have stand up, mm-hmm. but um, to be perceived a type of way and not be able to explain the full story has yeah. been eating away at me. Yeah. Um, what do you, okay. So now you have Des and you two are happy and it's so nice. What does he say to try to like, come? Um, 
calm you after the storm of whatever this reality TV thing has done to you? Like, what's his advice to you? Well, he is, he believes in me so much, which is amazing. And he, cause he's older and has had a long comedy career. He's like, he jokes, he's like, this is one of many ups and downs you're going to have in this like long career. And you're just seeing it in a very kind of small place right now. But he also kind of is tough on me where he's like, you can try to blame the universe, like whatever. He's like, or you could just say like, you got fucked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you got kicked in the balls. Yeah. And you, you got pushed down, you ate shit. And now it's time to like, move forward so and just yeah i love that it. he's he's giving you perspective because that's what green people do they're very eagle eye over the whole thing like chess player kind of vibes like yes. yeah like that so he gives you perspective and he validates you which is really nice he's like yeah that did happen that sucks now and i move it he's also experienced a lot himself <laughs> mm. so he'll be like i was in this situation he was like when i was at my most famous he said he got the most hate he's ever gotten and the only thing he wishes was that he didn't focus on the negatives and focused on the positives of that's it nice. Um, so like he helps me with dealing with the public eye type stuff. But, um, my thing is now I just, I met him when like all this stuff was going on and yeah. I was, had all these jobs and then like everything has kind of burned down within the last couple months. And now it's like me trusting myself that I can reinvent myself and that I can, um, move forward in a, in a positive way that isn't dependent on like the frills of reality TV. I'm sure you're going to get scooped up for something next though. So what I feel like from you, just like unsolicitedly, (laughs) I get kind of this vibe like, hey, enjoy it. You're going to look back and be like, ooh, I should have enjoyed that downtime. And downtime with quotes because you're like, I have two podcasts and like a bunch of other stuff going on. But you're going to look back and be like, oh, I should have enjoyed that downtime a little more because it's going to pick back up at some point. They'll scoop you up. I love that from you. As you can tell, like when I get anxiety, I just want to fix it. Like yeah, I need to of course. fix it. And I'm also working on feeling my feelings mm. instead of just getting into the next job. Um, because as an athlete, the best athletes like Michael Jordan is known to be so good because they say he forgets feeling bad about something in like 1.5 seconds. I don't know how they get that step, but like he'll miss a shot and he'll be able to recover really fast. Or like Nadal, like loses a point and he's able to forget really fast. So that's what my whole life was about is like forgetting. And when like something bad happens, I would just be like, okay, we can't feel bad about it when it's actually really important, I think, to heal from trauma. That's a red person tactic. They can do that. You just described two red people. Like those people can do it. You can't and that's okay are great at reality tv probably too because i yeah reality tv is about like the drama evolving like you're in a fight and you have to move on we're like a fight will happen i'll be like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah i can never trust you again yeah that's why people (laughs) connect to you though at the same time like even if you're getting hated on in the moment like they're still connecting you know what i mean like there's the connection that can happen and then i'll often see like with red purple people or like green purple people they're on reality tv too and they'll be like successful because they'll yeah hate me cool they almost like it they're like you know like their haters are their fans and they're like this is great (laughs) it's like it's just different personalities well it's interesting before I went on reality TV, this guy, this like um, guy who's very experienced in it, it was like, my only advice is don't have people be like Hannah. Which one was she? 
uh, I don't. Mm. He was like, either have people love you or hate you. And I remember thinking like, well, people aren't going to hate me. I'm not like a mean person. Right. But then I like all seasons, people have like volatile reactions. I just don't to understand me. it. You're so nice. Like, I don't well, I mean, I like all I do, like my life is about like kindness, like from yeah. a young age. Like it was always like, I even was put in like these inclusion classes, which means oh, like it would be like yeah. high performance students, low performance students. <laughs> And they kept putting me in it, and I was, like, a higher-performing student. And my mom was like, hey, like, she's been in, like, three inclusion classes in a row. And they were like, she connects. Like, apparently, I was the one to, like, always sit next to the kid who was struggling. I know who you are as a child. I know that. Kid, you're, like, the best kid. So to have people online be like, you are, you know, a jealous cunt who's trying to hurt people. I'm like, that is what I don't want to do. Now I got to watch it and be like, what the hell, Hannah? Like, what are you talking about? I think the universe is like, oh, you want to level up? Yeah. You need a face like you're scariest. Like that would be mine too. That would be the scariest Mm -hmm. thing that could happen to me. I I will honestly like if I'm misinterpreted one day as like mean, I would just like I you know, so I can't imagine that. So I you know, just from one empath to the other, like that's gotta be torturous. But then you also I'm working on like thinking back to big picture and it's like Mm -hmm. what is misogyny? Like when a woman reacts instead of thinking like could there have been a real reason that maybe we didn't see that she's this upset or like instead it's like, she's hysterical. She's manipulating people. She's causing drama. She's toxic. And those are the words that get repeated around me. And um, also I'm like, it is reality TV and starting drama. is kind of. I mean, that's the point. Like they want a show. They do need a show, you know? And as you know, I like the limelight. So I'm like, I'm here to entertain. Let's go. Like I could sit here and not react to everything and everyone think I'm like cool or something, but um, I'm here to, to stir some shit up. But um, at the end of the day, I, I also do want everyone around me to be happy. Yeah. So it's, it's a struggle. I, I feel like, all this and you already know this and that's what you know it was time to close the door on that till the door could open on the next thing and sometimes when we get in these little slumps or whatever it's kind of like the the only time you can hear things you couldn't have heard before so it's it's been so so like you just working on like you're hearing so much stuff right now and you've had like probably eight ego deaths like where you just like okay i'm ready to me can you explain what an ego death is to me yeah so an ego death i should do a podcast on it. an ego death is basically when i mean it feels like getting kicked in the stomach and then like oh and then and then oh we're not done yet and then it, they just keep like coming at you and you really it's hard because like you really the things that you thought were egotistically good about you were have been like ripped away and you have to connect there's only one thing to connect with and it's yourself or spirit or whatever you want to call it. And there's all the external, anything external, anything that you were possibly holding on to as any sort of source of approval that wasn't from you or your higher self or from what, you know, God, whatever you want to call it, it gets ripped away and you're forced to reconnect with that part. And it's hard. Oh my God. You just nailed it. This last season was such an ego um, genocide (laughs) where I feel like, um, I've always used so much external validation sure. and like, cause I don't do the self-soothing stuff. I'm like, I just have to work harder to make people, you know, approve of me more, be more successful. So people like me more where the only way I'm going to survive this is if I can authentically say, Hannah, I love you. And you don't have to listen to those people. Wow. Yeah. But what's also hard is as a comic, 
you need people to like you to sell tickets. That's, so it's like, yeah. inviting, I would love to just move to Montana and like have a cat sanctuary. I've thought yeah. about it. A couple oh times. It's like my dream. I'm coming with you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll literally just like read people's auras and pet cats and then give the cats auras. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sounds like heaven. You know animal auras? Yeah. So with animals, they do have auras. They just work different than ours because they're not complicated and they're truly probably better. So like I feel like they're just like raw. Yeah, they don't wear inauthentic colors. They're exactly what they are. You know, that's why we love them. They're so genuine, like children. You know, yes. they're just so I also themselves. With children a lot, yeah. Really or like, with- or people with special needs. You know, like that too. Like when you were talking about you being put in inclusion classrooms and stuff. Like, just they're mm-hmm. just so honest about themselves, and they're always trying to work on themselves in such an honest, sweet way. Like, it's just oh, I don't think I necessarily was gravitated toward them because I was like, I need to be good. No, I want to. I think it was because they were like really nice because they did something for you because you're like you know what these are great energies to be around they're just nice i actually was very bad at the like politicking and like the like kind of cool girl thing and like the popular kids and that's why i think summer house for a second i was like accepted in this like cool crowd yeah which was an ego thing yeah and then long term i did not fit in with the group at all yeah and my last season like i became this black sheep and Aww. people were not understanding why i was upset and it's like that was because you didn't fit in with that energy yeah that's it it just and you're and you've grown past it that's the other thing you've grown past any sort of need for it and you're just like catching up or whatever one day it's also funny yeah go ahead i think it's funny how like you're saying you grew past it how consciously I didn't know that, but subconsciously my emotions and reactions mm-hmm. were like, you don't need this. So I'm not going to suck up to this person. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we call over here, a purple bomb. It's just kind of when you didn't mean to do it, but bomb. then you kind of did, you know, like looking back, you're like, mm, <laughs> maybe I did. And I don't know, like you probably think about other times in your life. You're like, Ooh, I purple bomb that shit. Like, because- oh, no, I've, I've purple. I've it's like a pattern where I've purple bombed a couple places where it's like I don't like the inauthenticity, and I'm like I'm out of. It's always a group that I was in that I'm yeah. like this doesn't work for me anymore, and I know I can't change it, and you guys are not going to change. So I need to self sabotage this situation. Yeah, that's a purple bomb. It's totally cool. Purple people do it. We all know we do it. It's fine. It's part of us. It's part of our our language. I have to ask you, have you ever had, this is like a total departure, have you ever had any paranormal experiences like ghost sightings, haunted houses, anything crazy happened to you like that? Oh my God, great question. So I believe in them, Mm -hmm. but I haven't, I think I have like one memory as a kid, like in the middle of the night feeling like I, I like saw colors and energies. Oh yeah. But like, and it, it looked like almost like foxes chasing each other on the ground. I was like on a bunk bed and they Ooh. were like very colorful. That's but like cool. that's, and I remember being like a little weird out, but, but I'm very um, fascinated by people who have had the experiences. Yeah. And then I have a lot of friends who are like mediums and psychics and they always say that I have like intuitive tendencies, but that I'm blocked. <laughs> it's just your inauthentic red, which you're getting rid of. So as things start coming to you now, um, you know, like you're going to therapy and all this stuff is happening, you'll probably get a lot more 
stuff kind of it could start happening again because your third eye is unblocked and it's just going to come at you you're so funny like what happens is is like if if spirit showed itself to you you'd probably be like oh my god like you'd probably just laugh it off or just be like okay i'm crazy or just like whatever you know just kind of that's like your knee-jerk reaction a little bit so it might i think i need to get back into meditating because that's where i think i'll get back aligned with like all the the noises will like quiet down yeah. a little. Um, do you meditate? Oh yeah, I do. It does help. It's sometimes it's hard to meditate because like, you know, you start thinking about your shopping that. list or like all the crap you got to do. But the whole color, the thing with you is because you're purple, you do get spirit message. You just think it's like your own emotion or whatever. So it's really just separating probably the thoughts in your head. Like, okay, Hannah's thoughts from Hannah's ego from Hannah's, you know, spirit guides, you know, like that kind of thing. It's funny because when I was very young, like maybe 11 years old, I asked my dad a question that I think is so funny thinking about it now, but I just turned to my dad and I said, what are you supposed to think about all day? An 11 year old. That's deep. And I remember my dad, like that is some, like I'm already having like existential crises. Yeah. You were, start. you started early. <laughs> And he was like, I remember him kind of laughing. And to this day, it's like, my thoughts are either these like anxiety thoughts of like people who have like hurt me in the past and like coaches or whatever saying I'm not good enough or whatever. And then I have like my ego. Yeah. who's like fucking amazing. You're the best. And then (laughs) I have my my insecure side, the coaches and stuff. And then I have, I have, and then I have my voices of my perfectionism Then I have my ADD. So like, I'm navigating what I think about each day. Yeah. Well, your ego tries to come in and remind you of all the stuff from the past. But then sometimes the bad memories, like like when you're talking about your coaches or different relationships, that can be spirit being like, hey, dig into that because there's something there. You know what I mean? Like maybe talk to your therapist about that or dig into that or write about that or journal about that or whatever. You probably have to remove like um, like a lot of, you know, attachments to people from the past too because it's just you're still carrying their crap in you because that's what you do too like you can carry other people's you probably like as a little girl carried some coach's need for you to be the best so that they felt good about themselves and you're yep. still freaking carrying that you know it's just a turn yep. into other forms now it's been yeah. great though is with stand-up i was because i was like that with sales but with stand-up i was able to know it's for no one but myself and that. it's almost freeing quick question yeah how much is our auras associated with like your astrological sign. I have not found a correlation. We're all trying to figure it out for here. Like we're working on it. We're working on that. There's like research happening. I'm always like (laughs) anybody that can explain. And I've had people like be like, hey, maybe like this or whatever. For me, it's more like personality types that you chose before you came here like that like filters on your personality so like i wonder if like a red virgo could be this way um but a purple yeah. virgo is this way you know or you know a yellow virgo is this way like that a little bit i think it's more like that and and if i knew more about astrology but again it's like a lot of information for me to have to learn it's like oof, ouch you know but i wonder if i yeah, learned the language of yeah your... it's like oh that's a lot of studying i'd have to like study that and i bet i could do like red aura virgos yellow or like each yeah. co- aura color for each ast- astrological sign that's you, how i think how long you, now i'm like fascinated how long does it take you to see someone's aura i see them right away it takes because it's just i see it but then to dig in 
that can take a little time because like, especially like for you, for example, you're more complicated. So you have like that red that's like, honestly, I don't see it a lot right now. I'm just on this Zoom call, but like on your Instagram or your pictures or this, you know, it's kind of more there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's like, ooh, but then right there that it's not here now and it is in other places. That's like, I could talk like, like we talked about that. Like that's a lot. And then the way that your blue to go looks and then the messages come. So that's what the whole sessions become like, okay, and I get this and who's this person and why did this happen? And da, 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 da. So I see them right away, but to explain them properly takes a long time. That's why I feel like when someone's like, you know, you're purple and blue, like it's fine, but it's not exactly what I do. You know what I mean? It's more like, okay, it's my gateway. And, and it gets deeper than that. But I think, oh my God. yeah, that is the tip of the yeah, iceberg. But I appreciate um, you understanding that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's so funny. Cause I, we talked about it on Giggly Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Paige was just like, I love pink. And I'm love like, her. <laughs> it's so much deeper than that. And she's hilarious. But she's but pink. the Gigglers <laughs> were so funny because they were like, I posted something in this like blue shirt yesterday. And someone was like, that's blue to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, like we have like people, when I say they were sending me that tweet, like DMing me, like constantly like, you have to tell her. Like when somebody understands the aura colors, they have this thing where they want other people to understand it at this deep level that they know it so like you can feel validated or whatever so but I love Paige because she is pink and that has how pink people react like cool yeah yeah (laughs) like she loves it um also yeah and I'm like pink when I was younger my favorite color was blue which is weird oh yeah but also a little deeper do are you into past lives and do you have the same auras as your past lives? I don't personally do like past life regressions or anything like that. Um, my whole thing is sometimes I'll get glimpses of people's past life during a reading, but not often enough. And I'll get like a lot of people, you know, I talk to a lot of people, they'll get like, you can have like uh walk backs to like your own past lives. Like they feel like a dream, but it's more lucid than that or whatever. No, I feel like you pick different colors every time you come around. It's just a different filter. Like you pick up, it's like a different filter. Like it's just so you can pick up different information. Yeah. Yeah. So freaking fast. Isn't that crazy. All right. I absolutely adore you. I'm so, thank you so much for coming on. And where can we check you out? Um, you can check me out on Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok at being burns, B E I N G B E R N Z. And then at hannahburner.com, you can see my aura in the flesh. <laughs> I have stand up comedy, a tour. Where are you located? I'm like 45 minutes North of Miami. Are you coming to Miami? I think I'm going to work on getting into Florida, <laughs> but I have, I'm basically all over the place. It's my tour is being booked as we yes. speak. So, um, I'll be all over the place. Check out hannahburner.com. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you, Michaela. And Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. This podcast is for you and about you, and you all take care.